0: to the Flying Solo Podcast, a show for those going it alone in business. If you're working solo or have dreams of starting up, you'll find support, inspiration and advice at Australia's largest and liveliest small business community. Find us at flyingsolo.com.au or join us on Facebook. Here's your host, Robert Gerrish.
1: Hello and welcome to another Flying Solo Podcast. If you've not yet checked out our premium membership offering, I really think you should. We've added a swathe of new benefits to help your business stand out and to help you stay at the top of your game. As part of membership, you get a coaching session with little old me, if if you can bear such a thing, um, entry to a new private discussion group, access to our library of over 80 how-to videos, deals and discounts, and much, much more, all for just $99. Head to our join page to find out more. Now, today I'm delighted to be speaking with Ingrid Thompson. Ingrid helps health professionals create, start, and grow their businesses. And today we're going to look at some of the common mistakes made by those that Ingrid refers to as the movement professionals. That is, people that are typically running maybe yoga studios, Pilates studios, or indeed personal training studios. So I can't wait to dive into this. Hello, Ingrid. Thank you so much for joining us.
0: Hello, Robert, and hello, everyone listening. Thanks so much for having me.
1: Good. Well, look, it's, it's a long time since we've spoken. I'm, I'm delighted to, to finally manage to, to get some time with you and get you onto our podcast. So, so we're looking at this, um, the movement professionals. I, I think that's a, that's a lovely little phrase. And perhaps the starting point, Ingrid, is to just to get your thoughts on what are some of the key sort of business challenges that you observe? You know, you work a lot with this particular group. What are some of the things that you see?
0: So what I see, um, firstly, is that they are so good at what they do. They truly Mm. are experts in their field. So they've been studying yoga for a long time or they've been doing yoga and Pilates or they've taken on the role of a personal trainer. And they want to make this into a business in order to have a lifestyle for themselves and to provide terrific service and care for their patients or their clients. And they don't actually know much about running a business. Mm. They, they've been taught lots about the body and they're very good at the detail, but they, they don't have much of the detail in running a business.
1: That's so interesting to hear you say that. And it's, um, it's just so true, isn't it? And, uh, you know, I love it when I meet people in, in the sort of um, the health professions because they are, to a, to a man and a woman, they're so passionate about what they do and mm. so knowledgeable but I guess as we both know, and, I, and what we're going to be talking about today is that it's all well and good to be passionate and knowledgeable, but you've got to, if you're going to turn that into a business that's going to let you live the lifestyle you want, you know, you've got to learn some new stuff, right? There's some other yeah. things you need to know. So I think, I think you've sort of um, pulled this out into a, a number of, uh, of particular steps for us. So why don't we dive in?
0: Yeah, so I've identified seven. Um, oh. So the first one, and I'll I'll go through them. But I'll, I'll each one of them, I'll show how we can be successful in that as well. So oh, the first, perfect. a person who's successful has a business mindset. So it's about getting that um, that frame of thinking that is, I want this to be a business, and. While they're good at what they do, they may not have been taught about how to run a business. It's super easy to find out how to run a business. Mm. You can do a course, you can, you know, access those videos that you were just talking about. They can um, listen to podcasts. It's very easy easy today to find out how to run a business. Um, the resources that are available to people is enormous, um, you know, whether it's a business coach, a mentor, signing up for a course, reading books. Yeah. So, you know, it's easy to do.
1: That's a good, that's a great start. And I, I totally agree with you. And it's, it's one of those things where, um, you know, if, if you don't have that mindset, it can just seem so overwhelming and intimidating. But you know, Crikey, if you've been through the kind of years of training that you probably will have done to become a practitioner in one of these sort of modalities we're talking about, you know, having a business mindset, that's like, by comparison, it's like falling off a log, isn't it? This is not, this needn't be difficult stuff. But do you find many people come to you saying, Ingrid, I just don't have a business mind, you know?
0: Well, the second one then is that they don't understand numbers. And oh. so they think that having a business mindset is that they have to always be on top of numbers and um you know there's almost this badge of honor is that they don't get numbers that you know that they don't want to be involved in their profit and loss and and they've maybe come from another business um you know maybe another studio or another clinic where there's been a focus on the business and so I've had a number of clients sort of recently that have said oh look I wanted to start out on my own because this other place I was working was so obsessed with the business Mm. and um you know one of the things that's it's important to be obsessed with the business because that's actually what's going to allow you to provide great service to your clients is that if you're worried about money, it's very hard to do the work that you're doing. Um, And I sometimes say to people, you can't help very many people if you're sleeping under the bridge or you're living out of your car.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, that's so true. And And I think you know it's interesting isn't it that thought and i've met people in in all sorts of industries that have broken out on their own and as as you say at least partially as a consequence of coming from somewhere where the you know the focus has been too much on business but i guess the point that you know is worth making is that you can have a focus on business without it kind of dominating your every living breathing moment you know i th- i find it's that whole thing when you talk to particularly people in the creative industries as well you talk to them about processes and systems and all these things that you know we know you and i would know do make life easier they they seem to be so kind of contradictory to that kind of lifestyle they seem to be you know so serious and boring but in fact If we do it in the right way, it's the kind of stuff we can have a business mindset. We can get our head around figures and that actually releases us, allows us to do what we do with much greater freedom.
0: And and systems and processes are are part of it as well. So Mm. that's my third point is around systems and processes. So what I would say back to the numbers though is – pick some numbers that you um, could get excited about. So, you know, I was just having a conversation with somebody this morning and they were talking about getting new patients. And I said, so how many phone call inquiries do you need to get in order to get a new client? Mm. And so they hadn't really thought about that. So if you get five inquiries and that and out of those five, one of them becomes your client. Then what is the system that you use to talk to the person when they're on the phone? What are the questions that you ask? What are the, What is the information that you gather? Um, what is the call to action while you're on that phone call? That's a system. That's a process and while it might feel like you're just having a conversation with a potential new client, that's actually a system that needs to be documented. It's a process that you follow every single time you have a new client inquiry and that's what converts your in, your client inquiry into a potential new client for you to work with, now, whether it's a one-off client or whether it's an ongoing client. And so then, and then another system is or another process where you have – Somebody who comes the first time, then how do you turn them into someone who's going to come back on a regular basis? So those are systems and processes, and those are numbers that you can start to get excited about.
1: Yeah, I know. I, I, I'm getting excited just hearing you talking about <laughs> it, and it's not even directly relevant to what I'm doing right now. But it's it, it's that's that's terrific, you know. And I and I bet when you're talking to somebody who's who's kind of initially fronting up as someone who doesn't like figures, doesn't have a business brain. Um, You know, doesn't doesn't um, have their their sort of you know are not all over systems and processes. When you put it like that, I bet that you must start to see people just, you know, visibly relaxing and and uh, you know moving in front of you. I should think, don't you?
0: Well, and. is because, you know, if they know that if they've got um, this many people phone up to make an inquiry, then this many people become um, clients. And then after a period of time, how many clients do you still have? So if you had 20 this time last month and 20 the month before and you still have 20 now, then your retention is is 100%. But if you've got 15 now, and six months ago, you had 30, well, your retention is only 50%. Where did those other 50% of people go? What system do we have for keeping them? And what process do we have for bringing them back if we in fact need to bring them back into the mm. into the um, studio or back into Pilates? You know, so it's it's really looking at um, what numbers can be exciting for you. And I have a client who I have been working for with for about three years. And her Aversion to numbers has been one of, it's been palpable. Well, nice. um, and she's in love with numbers now. She calculates her costs. She's not in the movement profession. She actually creates a physical product. Right. But she just loves being able to calculate how much it costs her to make every single product and how much it costs her to um, to promote her products and then how much she actually makes when she sells them.
1: That's so that's so good. And that, that's it's quite that's, lovely. <laughs> yeah, but it is. And I guess, you know, that's what that's what hopefully people listening will be getting from this is that those things that you kind of thought you didn't enjoy or that you maybe are on the top of your outsource wish list which is always risky as far as I'm concerned with these sort of things you know what you're showing is well actually now you know if you put them into the right kind of language it's almost like you're turning it into a, a bit of a game or a bit of a challenge mm. you know and and clearly for people in particularly in these kind of industries in the movement professionals industry you know that's a lot of that, that that kind of relates fairly closely to what they are doing with their clients it's just kind of putting a bit of a business wash over the same sort of things you know it's all about repetition and observation and you know how muscles grow stronger and all you know all of those kind of things it's there's direct parallels which i'm not going to try and do on the spot because i'll make a mess of it but
0: robert you're doing it perfectly and that's exactly so somebody can do 10 of something now Mm. and in a month's time they can do 15 or 20 or they can lift twice the weight or they can run twice as fast it's all that so that is about numbers Mm. so it's about in the business so you know so the second one there is around the numbers is finding something that you um can get excited about i would as a real um a really important thing for people, particularly um, Pilates, which um, has a physical space and yoga to some degree as well, um, and PTs who might be buying into um, somewhere where they're going to have a physical space, signing a commercial lease um, mm. really requires some really rigorous number crunching. So, yeah, you know, if you're going to sign a lease for $1,000 mm-hmm. a month or $1,000 a week, it's absolutely critical to know how many clients do you need to pay for that, How how is that going to be paid for. And potentially for the next five years. So, you know, um, I'm really quite strong about saying to people, if you are going to enter into these highly financial commitments, it's critical to do some real proper number crunching. You know, that that's serious um, about looking at your profit and loss, looking at your expenses, and calculating just exactly how many hours a week you need to work, and how much you need to charge, Mm -hmm. and how much you need, Um, because a commercial lease is a huge financial commitment.
1: Yeah, quite right. Well, look, one of the key numbers I reckon will be your phone number, so we'll, we might get there later. <laughs> All right, so look, we've done one, two, and three. Number four. Yep.
0: So, number four is um, having a passion for – so, people who are successful have a passion for what they do and also for it being a business and this is what differentiates them from having a hobby or a side hustle and Mm. that comes down to having a big why. So, why are they doing this? And the reason that this is so important is that sometimes people are so in love with their yoga or they're so in love with their Pilates that um, maybe – after a period of time, it becomes a burden. And, you know, Robert, you've probably seen it yourself across the, all the different businesses that, you know, are attracted to flying solo, that sometimes people can just become trapped mm. in their business as much as they ever, ever were trapped in in a corporate job or in a, in a non-corporate job, but a job. Yeah, sadly, um, true. Yeah, I met a woman a few years ago who was running a yoga business and she said, I could care less if I never see a downward dog again. You know, she (laughs) loved her yoga and because this became, you know, running from corporate classes to her private, she just, you know, she was burnt out and worn out Mm. trying to make money from it. So, I think it's really important to have a bigger why um, and successful people um have a big why underpinning it. Not just I love yoga, but why do we love yoga and what why do we love being a PT and what is it that we bring to our clients when we provide the service that we provide. So I mean I always refer to Simon Senex, begin with why when I'm talking mm. to people about this. But you're really getting an understanding of what it is you're doing this for.
1: Yeah, and, and one of the key points is that you know, it is for, as you say, it's all about the the impact of the work that you do, the, you know, the, the skill set that you have, but it's also why you're doing it is to put food on the table and to allow you to live how you want to live. And, you know, it's important to have both sides of that, you know, have the complete why, isn't it?
0: Yes, it is. Mm. And and for often too with PTs and Pilates, there is a limit to how many hours they can work, um, you know, because it's hands-on, because it's working with individuals. You know, it may only be a certain number of hours a week. Um, and if you're going to earn an income from that, um, you know, it, 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 you need to be driven to keep going with that, you know, with with running a business as well as doing your own um, in. Professional development, yep. your own, taking care of yourself, as well as taking care of clients. Um, you know, so it's a big, it's a big why that needs to be explored and understood. And I think people who are successful really nail that, or um, really, you know, come to terms with that really clearly.
1: Yeah, very good point. Okay, so and that brings us to number, number five, five. Yes, I was just about to show off that I'm so good with numbers. I'm, I know we're up to number five. Um,
0: is and you mentioned it is about the clients. So right. who is the ideal client? So really successful people know who their ideal client is and i think one of the common mistakes that people make in these industries well probably pretty much every small business when they get started is that they think they're taking care of everyone Mm. and you can't Um, it's so important and i think flying solo is a terrific example you know you um you know who your ideal clients are you're they're people who are flying solo Mm. it doesn't mean that someone who's got two or three in their team can't you know, benefit from the resources. And I think that's one of the things that makes people resistant to IP you know identifying an ideal client or an ideal client avatar is that they think but what about all these other people that i want to look after as well they can still come to you it's just who are they Mm. um you know i remember working with a chiropractor and she said that she um worked with anyone who had a spine Mm. and you know as we investigated it turned out that it really was women between 40 and 45 and a lot of them were accountants or lawyers intriguingly that was what was attracted to her particular niche and um which brings me to number
1: six yeah i 'm just going to just just pull the part that the ideal client one again because I mean we i just don 't think we can say these sort of things often enough, and it is i think it 's very challenging, particularly for someone in startup you know where their thought is i don 't want to say no to anyone, but what you 're making the point there is you 're not you 're not really saying no to anyone, but you have to have an idea of who ideally do you want to walk through that front door? Who do you most want to, you know, use your skill set supporting? And because it's only when you've got that, that you develop the right language that you, uh, that people can pass on to other people that, um, you know, that will allow you and get you invitations to write about things or go and speak about things. You know, it's so, so important, but it's, and it's something I think that, changes over time i mean i'm always looking Mm. at at my sort of ideal client profile and thinking who is the who is the precise person and you know we develop as you say avatars or little sort of written personas this is the person this is you know so important anyway number Mm. number six
0: well and i will just add to it because one of the ways you can grow your business is to ask for referrals Mm. and if you ask for referrals from your ideal client then they will bring more of that ideal client to your business. And by knowing who they are, then you know who to ask for referrals. Mm. Um, So that's, yeah. So number six is the niche. And that sort of goes with that previous one. So successful businesses choose a niche. And they choose a niche because they can become specialists in it. Um, Everybody else knows that they are the specialist. You can charge a premium when you're a specialist. Um, It separates you from the generalists. And, you know, I just – I love Stephen Covey's idea of there being plenty of pie for everyone. And, you know, there's more than enough room for many yoga studios and Pilates studios and personal trainers. You only have to look around and, you know, there's plenty of them. But if you've got a niche, then that allows you to claim that space. Mm. Um, You know, and one of the um, Pilates clients that I work with – her niche is working with men in their 30s who've been injured through running, through F45 gyms, through football. So she loves working with that group of people. That's her niche. It doesn't mean she can't work with me, and she does. Yeah. I'm not I'm not a man. I've never played football, and she can work with me. But her niche is that because she has such a lot of expertise in that area.
1: Yeah. And so I, I, think I saw you playing football down at the end of your age recently. <laughs> okay now that's that's a great point. i must just tell you here just a a thing that you just reminded me of when you mentioned chiropractors and this whole sort of topic of you know of turning a practice into more of a business i remember i was at a chiropractor a few years ago now and and my you know my i'd been sort of whatever they this person had done with tapped me and nudge me and then sort of left me alone in the in the room to you know just to relax for a moment and the pipe sort of music that they had going through, someone must have had it on an iPod that was jumping around tracks, and it jumped from lovely sort of soft, gentle music onto a um, professional development tape, or <laughs> <laughs> with a so suddenly in the middle of my sort of blissed out moment. I got a, I got an American person talking about how to grow your chiropractic business, and it was, (laughs) it was, it was astonishing. It must have played for about two minutes, and I was sitting there suddenly feeling like, you know, like a, like a packaged item that was, that was just, it was, it was ghastly. Anyway, there you go. I'm sure they, sure they've changed Uh, that now. Right, point seven.
0: Well, and you know, everyone's good. I can hear a collective groan before I even say this. It's all about the compliance. It's understanding compliance and. Oh, there you go. <laughs> but it is true. You know, we we need to understand tax and we need to understand company structure and we need to understand whether we charge GST or not. Um, we need to understand whether we need to have insurance. And if we do, what sort of insurances we need, what sort of licenses, what sort of um, permits, if we're going to work with children, um, you know, do we need to have special... Um, permission for that Um, and it's not enough to just say oh I didn't know Um, you know um, what is that um What's that word I'm looking for? Ignorance is not a a defense. Ignorance is not a a defense. So, you know, successful people, if they don't know, they go and get advice, you know, whether it's from um, reading blogs, whether it's from, you know, jumping onto the ATO website, calling up the ATO and asking them, um, getting yourself a bookkeeper, uh, getting yourself an accountant, you know, it really is super critical Mm. to... um, to, you know, and and I have to list that as part of the common mistakes because I think it's too easy to just kind of amble into business and, oh gosh, was I supposed to charge tax? Was I supposed to put superannuation away? You know, oh dear, oh I seem to have missed that one. You know, but again, so- I
1: think the point you know that you made earlier on, particularly with with sort of systems and processes as well, is this isn't rocket science. You know, mm. it might not be the world's most exciting topic to some people in the kind of movement professions but it's it's not so difficult and as you said there you, know, you can look at the ato website you can go onto crikey onto our website or onto our forums for that matter and and just ask the question you know hey i'm about to do this what do i need to be thinking about you yeah. know there are plenty of people that will tell you but kind of hiding under your desk is not a solution is it it's no. absolutely not
0: no or under your pilates trap table oh, oh that's the sorry <laughs>
1: <laughs> and your yoga mat. yeah you could do that
0: you can't just you know but it is so that you know and it comes back to those systems and processes and mm. you know systems and processes give you freedom knowing that you're compliant gives you the freedom to just run your business the way you want um take the best care of your clients, look after yourself, create this lifestyle that is terrific. You know, I, I recently met a woman who's doing Pilates because one of the underpinning for her is that she gets to do this for the rest of her life, which takes great care of her, mm. which allows her to take fantastic care of her clients. So she's chosen a health profession that allows her to live a better life for her family and it's just so wonderfully um, – um, inspiring to yeah. have someone doing that you know yeah
1: totally and i and i you know and i thank you so much for for sharing those are really clear steps and i do and i think when you have that sort of picture because of of all of these you know we're we're talking about yoga pilates personal training and clearly this is relevant to a lot of other businesses as well. Is you can look at these, and a lot of the reason a number of us go into our own sort of solo venture is that we want to do it, and we want to do it well for as long as we want to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, and the but the the point I think that you've made here really clearly is that you've just got to get some foundations in place. You've got to set these things up right, and then I was just going to ask you as a final sort of question: the Pilates woman that you mentioned. Um, I mean, what, or perhaps any other of your clients, which, whoever jumps to mind, someone that you've taken from a point of befuddled, not such fun, into a position of sort of clarity and efficiency—not a very exciting word. You know, what, what, what do you observe? Can you think of someone who's who's really transformed, and what what it feels like for them?
0: Oh, I th- I think the best example I can think of is some um, someone who really was working on her own with someone maybe working one or two short shifts a week. Um, gradually built that business to have nearly a dozen instructors to mm-hmm. the point where she actually was almost not in the business at all. I only saw a couple of key clients that um, you know were able to pay a premium price just to see her and eventually was able to sell that business and and moved out of Sydney as a result of doing that um, yeah. but, but and that's that's a bigger you know that ended up being a bigger enterprise um, but again just putting things into place allows people to relax take better care of their clients, know that they've got the foundation set, know that by setting up the payment structures, by setting up fees, being understanding of what their costs are so that they can set their prices right, get um, the income coming in so that they can relax about their money coming in mm. and then they can just take great care of their clients and have the lifestyle that they want.
1: Yeah, that's great. And look, and I guess you know that, that example is a lovely story and it's the kind of thing where, I don't know, but it quite possibly... Uh, when that person started working with you they may have never had a vision of of replicating themselves and and building a business where they could slide out of it and then sell it but the point I guess that you've made you've given us five sort of seven sorry seven you know really clear sets that when we've got a business that runs like that all sorts of opportunities then happen don't they we can mm. plug somebody else in to do some of the work you know one of the um. worst things I remember a personal training studio I went to that had none of these things in place um, but this guy was rapidly getting burnt out um, mm. and then sort of stuck another trainer in and basically duplicating chaos rather than you know repeating <laughs> well-organized uh, systems and mm. it just turned into an absolute bum fight it was crazy because it's you know, we can't really expect to remove ourselves in any way from our business until we've got some systems in place. And then we can say to somebody, hey, this is how things run around here. This is what we do. It's yeah, anyway, I'm, I'm I just had a very strong coffee and it's starting to pump through my veins. So I'll stop there. Ingrid, thank you so much for uh, joining us today. Where can we find out more about you and the work that you do?
0: All right. So my website is healthynumbers.com.au. And I have a quiz. um, It's an assessment set. So healthynumbers.com.au forward slash quiz. If anybody wanted to just do an assessment completely free, they don't even need to put their email address in. It just asks a series of questions about how ready they are to get started in their own business Um, and it's a general question it's not just about Pilates and movement professionals but it's um so that's one way and there's plenty of resources online um on that website yeah
1: okay well that looks the
0: best start okay Mm.
1: Ingrid thank you so much for joining us and uh, look before I go please don't forget that when it comes to creating a truly lovable business we get you flying solo Premium Membership has all the tips and tools you need for just $99. Head to our join page to learn more.
0: And that's where we'll leave this show from Flying Solo and your host, Robert Gerrish. We'd love to receive feedback, even a brief review for those listening via iTunes.